0: The MyAgLife Daily News Report is the go-to daily ag news source for California agriculture. The hour-long daily news report can be heard every Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. and is available on demand with the MyAgLife app. Download it for free at myaglife.com.
1: This podcast is sponsored by WaterRight Technologies. For effective control of nematodes, look to WaterRight Technologies. Visit wrtag.com/promax for more information. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry, West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here
0: is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today, we're talking with Carl Wyant, Vice President of Ag Science at Helier Agriculture and Vice Chair of Western Region CCA, about making sense of biostimulants for improving your soil. Welcome, Carl. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Good to have you here. Carl, I want to start off with talking about the definition of biostimulants. How do we define biostimulants and what do they do for growers of permanent crops?
2: That's a great question. And I think it's a really solid place to start because biostimulants have such a, a, a broad range of application. And I'll, when I go through the definition, you'll, you'll see why. And I think at a more coarse level, when people think of biostimulants, you know, they, they think of a wide range of products. So I think we can start with that definition and then really jump into some of the details here with modes of action and and help some of our our permanent crop growers out when deciding what products they wanna go use. So just starting from a sort of an official standpoint, this is from a a University of Florida extension document and they, they define biostimulant as an environmentally friendly alternative to synthetic products and that this product can have multiple impacts on the crop or soil. So if you caught all that while you were listening, it's a pretty vague definition. It's, um, you know, we apply this product and it tends to be derived from a material that's not, you know, synthetic or or a product that's not a fertilizer or your traditional pesticide or insecticide or, or plant growth regulator. And we apply it and it's in this other category and then we know we see an effect and the impact that these types of products can have, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of them. You know, this product can promote disease tolerance. It can help with uh, that, that crop with some induced systemic resistance. It can help with stress tolerance. You know, a a real common stress tolerance is, is heat stress. So you apply this biostimulant product and you get some some benefits with your your heat stress later in the summer some products in the same in, again in the same biostimulant category help with what nutrient use efficiency and water use efficiency and then finally some of these products say uh, you know their, their claims are you apply our product we can help promote good root structure and growth so hugely open-ended definition of what the product is and i think that has driven a lot of the confusion that We just don't have a strong working definition. For those of you who love the regulatory side of our business, uh, this has been problematic, but uh, soon, and by soon I mean within the next few years, we should have some resolution on what exactly a biostimulant is. Here's the definition. Here's the parameters we can all work with to understand this product category and, uh, and, and resolve some of this open-ended nature of, of,
0: how we currently do things. And, you know, just going to that second part of the question, can you talk a little bit more about some of the various broad-spanning things that they do for those growers of permanent crops?
2: Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So again, this, this bucket, if you will, of, that we call biostimulants or some folks call them biologicals, it's kind of the, kind of used in the same way. People have put a lot of products into this bucket because they're not, these products aren't fertilizers. They're not ag chemistry. They're not PGRs. They do something, but really it's kind of turned into this other category. So the result is this, this category of products that just has so many different active ingredients in it and so many different modes of action and, in so many different ways the products can work and that's caused just so much confusion in the marketplace where someone's like, I want to get started with, with biostimulants, but I don't know what they do. And that's where having that, that knowledge of their mode of action, you know, how they work. Uh, that's where, you know, starting to parse this out in just some broader categories, um, can really be beneficial because then you can say, okay, I, I got it, I have the mode of action and this is what I wanna get done on, on, my, on my, my soil this year or on my crop, here's the, the mode of action I need to line up with the product in order to get it done. So you kind of organize your thinking a little bit and organize your thought process. And I think that's where everyone will benefit. Some common modes of action are microbial foods. And those are products that contain microalgae, molasses, there's fish preparations, there's uh, fermented grocery store waste, there's a lot of them. But what they have in common is that they're a, a food for the bacteria and the fungi below ground. So they can feed, feed the, the, the living part of your soil. So that's, that's their mode of action. Uh, another mode of action are soil enzymes and enzymes are catalysts for very specific reactions in your soil. So enzyme products will become more popular if you want to drive a certain result. Like if you want to free up more phosphorus in your soil, you might apply a product that contains the enzyme phosphatase. So that phosphatase or phosphatase that will cut and cleave that phosphate away from some of the other structures, freeing it up for plant use. But it's very, very specific. If you want to use a soil enzyme, you're going to get a very specific lock and a very specific key. So you got to make sure those, those two go together because an enzyme doesn't have a real general use. It's very specific.
0: Definitely. And we're going to get a little more into those modes of action in a bit. But before we do that, I want to talk about some uncertainty surrounding biostimulants in the marketplace. In an article you wrote for the July, August, 2020 edition of Progressive Crop Consultant, you did mention that there is some confusion and uncertainty in the marketplace about biostimulants. You know, why is that?
2: Yeah, that, that comes from, I think, a lot of our thinking on how we organize these products in our head we have a a a, some brain space in our head you know that's where the the pest control products go and and here's where my pgrs go my plant growth regulators here's where my fertilizer products go but then this biostimulant category is kind of this big i don't know open open open-ended uh bucket that we have just been putting these newer products on the market you know the things like the humic acids the thing like seaweeds and kelps the living you know bug in a jug inoculants i mentioned the soil enzymes and the microbial foods earlier um it's just been a sort of convenient space to put things that don't meet these classical definitions we've all been taught you know in our in our agronomy careers and agriculture careers and and so i think that that the confusion comes from one the, the, the product space itself is very poorly defined. I went through that earlier when I talked about the vague open-end definition of biostimulant and then we've just been filling this this product category with more and more products but all that all have very different modes of action. So it's time that we organize our thinking here for this space.
0: I'm curious actually you talked about you know this situation surrounding biostimulants maybe improving over the next few years but how do you really see that happening you know what are the details of that
2: the details are incredibly boring you have to be incredibly patient to watch the the EPA and different state regulatory agencies uh, argue about the definition of a, what a biostimulant is so they're at work now uh, putting that that knowledge together and making sure that this product category has clear definition and and really it's up to you know lawmakers the folks that do the regulatory side to to find to find a good home for what this product category has become
0: okay and carl you did mention a couple of those common modes of action just a bit ago but i want to ask you maybe what are some others and how does a grower really determine what those are
2: yeah, great question. So I'll, I'll just quickly go through some of the, the other three that are in the article. And just keep in mind for, for the listener, these are the, the products that you can use on the soil. So there's a whole bunch of biostimulants, some are foliar, some are, uh, some are soil. So I focus mainly on the popular soil biostimulants. Uh, probably the more famous category for, in, our, in, our, in our permanent crop community are these soil inoculants, the bug in a jug? This is when you're putting a living organism down, some sort of bacillus or trichoderma or pseudomonas. You know, that can, you, know you, you apply that species and you get a certain function in the soil. Another sort of famous uh, biostimulant are the seaweeds and kelps. These have been around for thousands of years. In the north of France, you know at the dawn of agriculture people learned that oh I could put seaweeds on my soils and I get better growth and then that was a long long time ago um, so people have been using seaweeds and kelps now and and they're really, they're very well known as a plant biostimulant where they they stimulate the plant directly but they also have some soil benefits and then finally the humic acids you know and the biochars these these black carbon materials they're fairly well-known and they're not feeding anything. They're not feeding uh, b- bacteria and fungi. They don't do it very well. At least that's what the soil microbial foods are. What humic acids do and biochars is they can hold on to nutrients and provide homes for those bacteria and fungi and help support that soil uh, by improving on its structure. So lots to choose from. And that's, it's kind of like going to the buffet and just having too many slices of pie to pick from. Where do you start? And, that, and it, that's, that's, that's a great question. And, and really, I think it's fairly common for a lot of growers, especially in, in, the, in the permanent crops that have a lot of choices, is where you start, I think it really depends on what your goal is. What are you trying to get done in your, in your crop production program? And if you can clearly identify the goal then you can work backwards and find the right product for you and for your operation.
0: Okay. Thank you for that, Carl. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors.
1: Having problems with nematodes? Promax is your number one solution. Promax is a powerful fungicide nematicide that works to kill and control nematodes and soil-borne disease. Promax is a powerful and easy-to-use product in your fields. Waterright Technologies is your source for this powerful solution. Visit wrtag.com slash promax for more
0: information. Hi, we're back talking with Carl Wyant, Vice President of Ag Science at Helier Agriculture and Vice Chair of Western Region CCA about making sense of biostimulants for improving your soil Carl, how can a grower identify biosimulant opportunities based on their crop management goals?
2: That is a great question. And I think that's where taking a look at some of your data streams that you have coming in from your ranch or from your fields, where you're looking at soil reports and you might consider it, you know, expanding some of, of the reports that you're getting. It's, you know, everyone's getting that salinity management report and they're getting the nutrient you know in their soils they know that they know what the CEC looks like the cation exchange capacity one piece that's really come up is are these these lab reports you get now where they talk about how healthy is your soil you know how how alive is your soil how well can the so- soil support microbial life so using different reports and I think this is we're working with a a certified crop advisor becomes very important is that you can kind of branch off into this new reporting and testing that's coming along and really identify some of these maybe shortcomings of your, of your field. You might have a a soil that's short on, on enzymes. You need more of these enzymes. Then you can have that direction to go buy the right biostimulant enzyme product to put it back. You might have a soil test come back and say, hey, you're low on soil microbial food. You can measure that with with active carbon. It's a test that you can can pick up. And if you come back on soil microbial food, you might go go buy that soil microbial food product because now you have a little more intelligence uh, from your data streams telling you where the right fit is.
0: And obviously if growers are gonna be increasing their soil testing, um, they're gonna to need to be sending samples to the lab more, maybe even picking, trying to choose between different labs, you know, what is what do you think the best way for a grower to go about increasing their testing regime is in terms of choosing who to go with? Yeah, that's,
2: that's, that's always a, a question that comes up. Really what I advise, or any grower to do or a, a, even a, a crop advisor who's interested in some of these soil health tests and, and, and soil quality tests is to reach out to their favorite lab because chances are that lab is starting to offer those kinds of tests so they already have the relationship built they've already you know they already know where to drop the sample off in the, in the mailbox at the end of the day so more and more labs are, are coming online with with these soil health and soil quality so I would, I would start with your, your favorite lab right on your doorstep and, and, and work your way from
0: there. Okay. And that somewhat leads into this next question, Carl. Who can a grower really turn to for clarification on biostimulant use these days? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that, this, this also comes off,
2: up often is that when you, when you kind of dip your toe into this biostimulant water, if you will, There's so many options and and there can be so many options that it becomes almost, I don't know, a bit of a bewildering experience. And so that's where having a partner to help you sort through the noise, sort through that some of these maybe new data streams from soil health data uh, that are coming your way. And I think that's where a, a certified crop advisor, a CCA can help you out. Those CCAs have that extra training. Uh, they have that extra, extra knowledge that they've gained through taking the two exams, through pursuing their credit hour, uh, CEUs that they need every year. And so chances are that they, they can help you quickly connect some of those data points and some of those goals you've identified and help you connect it with the right product on the other end so that you are, are perfectly lined up to, to accomplish what you're trying to get done.
0: Okay. Okay. And Carl, here's my last question: Do you have any tips for growers that may want to start using biostimulants in their orchard or their field?
2: I do. I, I say uh, there's a lot of great uh, articles coming out, like the article that came out in Progressive Crop Consultant in uh, the July 2020 issue that this podcast is based based off of. There's more, you know, media coming out that's that's helping to distill this information because there's there's the demand for biostimulants there's the curiosity about biostimulants and now we're sort of catching up the 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 practical side Um, there's a lot of great resources um like like uh you know articles and podcasts and 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 i mentioned before the certified crop advisor you can call up your favorite certified crop advisor and be like hey i've got this kind of soil here's what the here's what the soil test says what do you recommend use for a biostimulant? And they, they, chances are they have a, 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 can point you in the right direction.
0: Yeah. There has been research that proves that they do work and they do benefit uh, your crops or your field or your orchards. So, you know, definitely doing the research, like you said, talking to a certified crop advisor or other professional um, asking about biostimulants or even a farm advisor, a lot of them know about it too, is definitely the best route to go right now as our governments try and sift through what really defines the product. <laughs>
2: yeah. The boring part, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I did forget to mention the farm advisor, also a great resource. And I think really a resource of someone that you, you trust and someone that is putting the time in to understand these things. That's that's whether they're a CCA or your favorite pest control advisor or a farm advisor, you know, if, if that trust is there, that relationship's there, and you, you know they're out gaining the knowledge, I think that's a, a, a really excellent candidate to talk to. Uh, Taylor, I just wanted to point out real quick that, you know, a lot of this, these products are new, you know, newer certainly newer than fertilizers, which have been around for thousands of years, uh, certainly newer than, than pest control products, which have been around for, for you know, just as long. Uh, these, these biostimulants are kind of the new kids on the block, And so I think that's one reason for the confusion and the uncertainty as well, is that, you know, we've got some strange definitions that are super vague. We've got a lot of products in the space, but we also got a lot of folks that are new to this category that are still really trying to make sense of it.
0: Definitely. Thank you, Carl, for clearing that up and also coming on today and talking about the possible benefits of biostimulant use in soil and maybe clearing up some confusion as well. We appreciate having you on. Thank you for having me. This is Taylor with My Ag Life, signing off. Thanks for listening. Subscribe for updates on new episodes, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.